Welcome everybody to The Pestle. I'm Wes, and today we are releasing another Patreon bonus episode. Um, after covering the movie Underwater, we did a bonus segment for uh, our Patreon to compare and contrast Underwater and Sunshine. So, spoiler alert, if you have not seen both of those movies, make sure you've seen them. As Todd would say, stop this and go watch them and then come back. Um, although he says it much more politely more suave in his voice. We're going to talk about a few things in this short episode. Uh, we'll talk about the best viewing order for this double feature, which may or may not matter. Uh, I think it does in fun ways. We'll also talk about the difference between the crews of uh, both both films, the Icarus 2 and the Roebuck. Um, we'll also look at Danny Boyle versus William Eubank as directors and talk about giving hope and taking it away and letting moments breathe. Um, so sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this uh, bonus episode. Nice. This is a fun little thing. So Todd, why don't you even tell why we're doing this in the first place? Oh, so the other night when I decided to, I had had underwater queued up for probably two weeks and I just never got a chance to sit down and actually watch it. And then one night I was sitting here in my, my room that I built and I thought, you know what, I'm going to watch this movie in my room with my speakers loud and just enjoy it. And I watched it and I enjoyed the shit out of it. And then I was about, I, it was over and I was about to turn my system off and go inside. And I don't know why, but I just kind of clicked over to, I think it was Hulu. And right there, I, I did one scroll. I just did on my mouse wheel or whatever it is. And it, and I saw sunshine right there. And my, my brother-in-law the day before had asked me if I had seen sun had heard of sunshine. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's like, it's like one of my, the best space movies ever. So good. And he's like, yeah, it's so underrated. Right. And I said, yeah, yeah, it really is. And so it was on my mind. And so I decided instead of going inside, I would just do a double feature. And I started that movie but I wasn't going to watch the whole thing, actually. I was just going to watch the beginning because I forgot how it started. Just wet your whistle? And just wet my whistle a little bit. And that turned into staying up uh, real late <laughs> doing the double feature. And man, I, I just got to suggest the next time you want a double feature to do Underwater and Sunshine in either order. I don't know how much it matters. I liked doing Underwater first because you go from, you know, Huh. as far down as you can go to as far up as you can go basically and that was really and after underwater i kind of needed to be up uh yeah right? more space it, it, i right because in under in underwater you're always there you're never even at the end you're never not there but at the end of sunshine you end up on earth so it's like ah. this whole journey of like being underwater, you can't get anywhere. And then you're in space and you're nowhere else but space, but then you end up on the earth and everything is okay at the end. So it was incredible. Wow. Uh, and so fulfilling at the end. That's a, <laughs> I mean, I highly recommend it. That's a really great point because I was debating like, what is the optimal order of viewing? Because if you start with sunshine, uh, then the film ends with the destruction of their vessel, which kind of plays into the implosion and degradation of the Roebuck. But if you start with underwater, uh, then it first ends with explosion and wanting to, you know, light up the dark, uh, which kind of plays into the mission of sunshine, reigniting the sun. But I think you told the 
far better reason. Like it's so much better to, to be cramped and be, uh, you know, claustrophobic and then kind of, uh, go through this whole journey of, you know, saving humanity, uh, once again. And yeah, you do get to end on earth and you're, everything's okay. Like the, the, Lights out. The sun is working, dude. Well done. Well, I, well I recommend played. it. <laughs> Definitely recommend it. It was very uh, fulfilling for sure. <laughs> what did you pull anything else out of that experience? Like either contrasting or just kind of the the journey of uh, hanging out with those two different styles that are both anamorphic. They both kind of still they feel uh, familial in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm I'm. I'm 100% uh, sold that we are correct in that in that in films like this there has to be a cost to things. Yeah. And and like everything has to cost something dire because it you're in extreme you one you're in extreme environment, two you're in an extreme situation. And so in reality in reality the mission would probably fail in reality. But we're in a movie. Right. And so that would be a very short movie. So we always we always explore the the option of what if it didn't immediately fail. And that's fine. But there will be no matter what, there will be a cost to it. Um, and I I love that. Also, I'm 100 percent certain now that less exposition is better. Mm-hmm. And yes, you know, like we talked on our previous episode, uh, uh, Notting Hill, about about you know, exposition as a game or, or exposition in some fun way can be beneficial for sure. Absolutely. I'm not saying that it shouldn't exist. I'm mm-hmm. saying that you better have a damn good reason for telling me all of this and waste or using my time, my hour and a half or two hours to tell me something when either it can, it can be told through a more unique way or it doesn't have to be told at all. I love that both of these movies had almost zero exposition. um, And when it did have it, it was done in such a light way that I didn't even notice that it was happening. Both of the films felt like that to me. And, and so they were, they were very similar in that regard. And, and then you always had, you know, you had a monster for both of them. You know, in one case it was an actual monster. In another case it was a human monster, but it just, it, it was this shit got harder, you know, as you were talking about earlier, it kept getting harder and harder and harder and, and everything, things kept going wrong. And one thing snowballed into something else that was worse. And, you know, in both in just amazing ways. So, yeah, I'm very convinced of those two things just from, from these movies. And I'm sure that, you know, if I wanted to, I could probably list some more, but those were the big ones. That's no, those were Did you great. watch this? Did you do this? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I spent my day that way. Yeah. At about, I I was trying to time it so that I was, it would still be relatively fresh. And so I back to back did a few hours ago. Um, Which one did you do first? Yeah. I started with underwater. I was like, I'm going to do it the same way Todd did it uh, and play right through. Um, And yeah, it was great. And I mean, I really like your point about, you know, just the, both of them are very light handed with the exposition. Uh, going back to something you said in the underwater episode about how, you know, she brings up the fact that he has a daughter, but she does it in a way that you're absolutely right. I didn't even think of it as exposition when it happened because 
it's out of her confusion of what are you doing here? You have a daughter, you have responsibilities. You should have saved yourself by now. And that's total exposition, but it's, uh, it, it builds on to something else. It's not wasteful either. It, yeah. Just beautiful. And both of them do that. Like we don't know anything about Cassie, you know, in, in sunshine, we don't know her backstory. Uh, we don't know who's waiting for Searle, um, or Mace. Like we don't know any, what any of them are going through back home, um, and what their lives are because it's not pertinent to the film. Instead, we only know about Kappa uh, and his family back home. And the only reason we even know that, I mean, it's it's not wasted, um, but it's kind of introduced as a bit of a foil to create hostility and tension between Kappa and Mace. And so just by him uh, standing in the, the message room and sending his message, you know, cost uh, Mace some his ability, you know, to, to send out a message to his family, which creates tension that lasts throughout the entire film and is used in a lot of great ways. Uh, so the fact that Kappa has family is a method of creating tension that reveals character in a number of ways. For one, you know, not just the, the, to get them in conflict, but it introduces the Lightroom um, and all the things that the Lightroom is capable of. Uh, it introduces the sheer determination that Mace has on his mission because, because you know Mace hates Kappa deeply so much that he, he volunteered him. I don't think that's how volunteering works, by the way, but he volunteered yeah, yeah, yeah. him <laughs> to go outside and to risk his life. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm volunteering Kappa. And then, and it's all important because whenever it really came down to it, it showed how much Mace really did care about the mission whenever he volunteered himself to, to die. Potentially he gave Kappa the suit, um, that was going to, that could have let him live. And so it, it was a really great way to reveal the real true character of Kappa or of Mace, um, by, and that of course all only is all, you know, set up just by the fact of using the exposition of that Mace has family. He has a sister and, and nephews. And of course that, of course, that eventually becomes still relevant to the very, you know, final scene whenever uh, we reveal his sister and nephews outside in the snow in Australia, you know, trying to survive. And they do get to survive because of Kappa. And so that's our only tether back to Earth and back to reality. And so none of it's wasteful. That you're you're so absolutely right. That it's very lean and not just exposition, but uh, uh using the whole whatever you call it, the whole Buffalo, um, nothing goes to waste. And that's, and that's genius. Um, some of the other things, you know, that kind of popped out at me between, so just thinking about crew, cause these are very crude. There's a lot of things that these two movies have in common, right? Um, they're very isolated, uh, very tight crews, very small casts. Um, and there's a lot of like spacesuits and underwater suits. And so those things functionally play a part in the films. And so there's a lot of visual uh, brotherhood between the two films. Um, but with the crew themselves, there's two interesting differences. Interesting to me, I guess. And underwater, there's kind of a slow accrual. And revealing the crew kind of one by one, you introduce them one at a time. And we got to get to know them individually pretty slowly, or at least uh, not all at once. And there's also no interpersonal conflicts within the crew themselves at no point. And to the point where it was actually a joke. Like there's that moment in Underwater where uh, Paul looks at Emily and says, 
you know, someone's got to go out there and, and save us. Uh, okay, Emily, this is your time. <laughs> like, and it's like, yeah, he's like, so I'm, good. just kidding. I'm, I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much they're kind of out for each other to look out for one another. Um, there's never any man versus man element to this, as opposed to in sunshine, the crew, we have immediate introductions. We're kind of just thrown into their social dynamics and we, we got to, you know, pick up on the energy between each other on our own. And that kind of gives way to more interpersonal conflict, right? Like I was saying, Kappa versus Mace is a big one. Uh, but then eventually even the villain itself becomes kind of a man versus man, which, you know, if you go back and listen to the Sunshine episode again, you know, is ultimately representative of a man versus God story that they're telling as opposed to the villain in underwater is a, a very much man versus nature that's embodied in this kind of man versus monster uh, spirit. Uh, so the villains also have some contrast that I really like. And the locations and the vessels are pretty cool. Like sunshine, we get this very strong view of the layout and it's beautiful and comfortable before it's ultimately stripped away to reveal the horror um, of living without light, which is emblematic of the film itself, right? The movie is kind of giving you this idea of the sun itself is dying. And so they strip us of light within the movie um, after we got so comfortable knowing everything, uh, which I think Joe left a really nice comment. I haven't read it since it came out, but I think he left a really nice comment on, on the sunshine episode discussing that, that aspect. And Underwater, same thing or, uh, opposite, complete opposite thing. I mean, <laughs> not the same thing at all. Um, but we never get to know the location. We're always in the dark and fighting our way through. And of course it, there, there might be some practical stuff to that. I think it might let them hide, uh, reusing props and sets, uh, so that we never really feel like cheated out of a thing instead, because we never really see where we're at. It, everything feels new and scary all the time. And so there's never a breath. And so these are two totally different approaches to, to horror because horror kind of starts out as a science fiction film that, you know, devolves into a horror film. Whereas underwater uh, starts as a, kind of a catastrophe film that evolves into a horror film. And in those ways, there's some similarity too. like, they don't end up being what they start out as. Uh, and so there's some, some beautiful stuff there. Yeah, I mean, I that's kind of what you know hit me over the head uh, for sure. I I think all the performances are really great. Like everyone's in all of these films plays a really great role. And to your point, you know earlier, there's a lot of sacrifice that just hits perfectly. Uh, in Sunshine, you know, there's there's a really great you know essence of him sacrificing himself and we have that beautiful moment similar to what we have in and underwater with uh nora sacrificing herself but i will say the uh, uh the difference between william eubank and danny boyle is still massive danny boyle i think is is basically great at everything i think his action sequences are really really good but i think what makes them so good is his ability to have these emotional punch uh, punch lines and these through lines because the the emotional punch on sunshine is so much greater uh, and part of that has to do with his you know ability to choose music and um, to kind of but also to kind of stretch the emotional moment into out like uh, I think about the moment where oh, I'm gonna forget her name I don't have it in front of me uh, but the the botanist who's overseeing the plants like she 
the moment she dies is this really beautiful moment of we're giving you hope and then we're stripping it away. And Sunshine does that constantly. He's constantly giving you hope and stripping it away. You know, they, they, they strip out the, uh, the, the fence, the, whatever the, God, what's that thing called? Not the payload itself, but the, the shield, right? And suddenly that's damaged. Um, and then they get out there and they, they have that moment. Guys, it's fine. You know, we're going to be able to, we'll, we'll fix it. It's fine. Oh, relief, right? We sigh. And then boom, another accident. Like you said, everything starts snowballing. And then now, oh God, now we're not going to live to get back home. Now it's just about completing the mission. And then she finds this little tiny, like, plant and it's like oh well maybe not or actually they go into icarus one and they have all this vegetation it's like oh we might make it after all and then of course explosion and nope stripped that away and then she gets in there the botanist into her her burned down laboratory and finds this little plant it's like oh well maybe nope she's killed uh and so they're just one after another, just kind of punching you. And so, and which is just putting your emotions through so much more. Whereas underwater, I think it's just constantly stressing you out. Like, I don't know how much I ever really got hope. I, you know, there's moments, but I don't know that ever really gets stripped. Um, it's more just watching people die that you don't want to die. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the premise too. So mm. like the premise with underwater is just, they're just drilling, right? It's like, true. Yeah. Yeah, they're not on a mission to save anything, but in the sunshine, they're trying to save humanity. So it's there. The stakes are a lot higher yeah. than just a, a group of people dying. In fact, I think they've probably all reconciled with the notion that they wouldn't survive anyway. I mean, they they all are prepared that especially Mace, but they're all prepared for this to be a suicide mission if necessary. Yeah. Right. And the goal is for it not to be obviously, but so I think that a lot of that, yes, you're totally right. And that's true. But a lot of that has to do with the actual story itself. Good point. Really, really good point. But I will say like with Danny Boyle, every time I'm watching his films, his, he knows where the emotions are in the film and yeah. he will give them breath and he'll build into them and let them breathe afterwards. William Eubank hasn't quite, like we went and watched the screening of the signal, right? The Lawrence Fishburne movie. And there was no, the action sequences were always great, but there was never any emotional resonance or, you know, punch, you know, at all. And even I felt the same thing with his first film, um, uh, just called love. It's a, another sci-fi space film and it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous movie, especially given the budget of like nothing. He built a bunch of stuff in his mom's front yard and made a movie like it's it's That's awesome it's absolutely not so awesome yeah and that, that was heavily inspirational for me as a filmmaker and so i i think him what i really like because he's such a strong visual uh director william eubank i love him working on other people's scripts because he wrote i'm pretty sure he wrote those other two films the signal and and love and we won't get into those obviously but him directing someone else's ideas badass like i am so excited about him again all over again um because after love came out i was like man i want to see what he can do with the budget then he got a budget and i was like okay not not what i was really hoping for but now that he's made this i'm like oh he just needs someone writing for him because i'm sure he's coming up you know behind them and and fleshing moments out and you know figuring figuring out the 
the beats that, you know, he's good at, but, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about him all over again and I'm excited to see him still, you know, directing other people's scripts, uh, because he's got a lot of talent for sure. Definitely. Oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good call, man. Double header sunshine. Uh, it was an accident, pure accident, <laughs> but it was a happy accident. Happy <laughs> I don't always, I never have time to do two movies in a row. So yeah. Uh, me, yeah, yeah me, I'm glad it was those two. Me either. I totally yeah, don't watch you either. back to yeah. back to back. <laughs> yeah. Maybe every day. Maybe every day. Jeez. <laughs> nice well well done man i really enjoyed this if y'all uh if y'all like this you know let us know um we have i don't know we could maybe do some other things i've been trying to figure out ways to make fun things fun for you know the the patronites as i you know poorly call them i i patrons feels too low patrons. it feels like oh, okay patronites. <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I like that i like that a lot um yeah i mean yeah yeah if if you guys if there's something you guys want let us know we'll we'll see what we can do you know like i don't know little video tours of where we are or Uh or you know just like more discussions of uh maybe one actress or actor or uh maybe methods like you know some methods some acting methods or whatever and and you know tons about music we could talk about you know what it's like to music. score oh, shit. don't and... get me started on that hell yeah. yeah that'd be fun yeah yeah we can do that anytime for sure nice yeah. okay awesome. well signing off fellas all right and ladies see ya <laughs> <laughs> cutting